We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. All right, so we... uh Top 10 is over. The official pick is in. They just showed it on ESPN. Um, we Dude, had curveball at 11. Yeah, curve no, we're going to we're gonna get to that. We're going to get to that in one second. Uh, curveball. <laughs> we've had a lot of curveballs here at the end of the top. No, this is, this Anthony, is the biggest curveball oh, I've know. seen Anthony in a long Black, time. Anthony goes Black goes sixth. Uh, the Washington Wizards trade up to go take Bilal Koulibaly at seven. Uh, the Indiana Pacers take Jairus Walker with the eighth pick. Um, Taylor Hendricks goes nine to the Utah Jazz, which is like the only sane thing that we've seen happen in the last five picks. Number 10, Kaysen Wallace, uh, drafted by the Mavericks, going to Oklahoma City. And Justin, right now at 11, Jet Howard from Michigan. First shooter off the board for wow. Grady Dick before Jordan Hawkins. He is heading to the Orlando Magic to join Anthony Black down there. With Jalen Suggs, with Paolo Bancaro, with Franz Wagner, with Wenzel Carter, with uh, with Markel Fultz, I can't even talk. What the hell is going on, To? Uh, this is shocking because I don't think he can guard RC. Not many people can RC. I'm not throwing that out there, but I mean, you were drafted in '92. You know what I'm saying? So, like, let's. But what I mean is, is like he didn't guard anybody last year. Michigan was worse with him on the floor. You are banking right now on the broad shoulders, the big frame the size to go along with the shooting and you're hoping that he turns into a solid defender because this is a team that needs floor spacing this is shocking to me because i could have seen jed howard dropping into the late teens early 20s going to 11 this is a huge win for him and quite possibly guys probably the best fit possible for him i think the pedigree matters with this pick too you're talking about a young man with a, obviously with a dad. The nepotism. Don't call it Go pedigree. On. Call it nepotism. <laughs> no, nah, nah, nah. He knows what being a pro it is in a sense. He's grown up around it, and obviously his size and shot-making ability. It's just more about fit, and that's what they need. They need to fit. They need a guy with some size that can make some shots. I guess they didn't buy the the red jacket of, of Grady Dick. Well, yeah, he's a, he's a, but 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 again, yeah, you know what? Grady Dick was supposed to get drafted here, he and then they wore that jacket now. and they changed their mind. <laughs> <laughs> the, so the thing that I don't, the thing that bothers me, maybe bothers is the wrong word, but the thing that that 
I can't get over with the with the Jed Howard pick is he literally can't do anything other than shoot, right? He's not he's not quick enough to stay in front of smaller defenders defensively. He's not tough enough to guard bigger defenders defensively. He's not someone that you want putting the ball on the floor and taking a shot. He's literally going to be out there to shoot, right? So is that if you are looking for someone in a specialty role, is that just what the the Magic are saying here? Like this is the guy that we only need someone that can shoot and we can figure the rest out. Is this just? I mean, he's basically Duncan Robinson with Jawan Howard's name. We can say the Duncan, same thing Dr- about Duncan Robinson played in the NBA Finals this year. We can say the same thing about Grady Dick. We can say the same thing about Jordan Hawkins. Both of those guys, as shooters, are gonna have challenges defensively, and you're going off jet with size. So you at lump. Do I think he's a better shooter than those guys? I don't. Tomato tomato with those guys. They, they, they're the best shooters in this draft. But he has size. The size is the size is the differentiator. I, I think the size is the biggest reason why they're taking him early on. You, you just can't teach it. You need size, the ability to get your shots off, and and I think that that, that he's that, that's the only reason that makes sense for these guys. I mean, uh, just, it, he has the ability just to, to make shots at a, at, at big as a big guard. The for one what thing it's I worth, I think he Jay. just I think he just accidentally kissed his dad Juwan on the lips. <laughs> like I'm not against it, but like it just it threw me off guard. I think it was an accident. Come on, the, man! You the, don't kiss your kids in the lips. The, I do, one, but my my son is seven and my daughter's six. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah, mustache what, on mustache right there. The one thing I will say about <laughs> Jed Howard is I don't know, I don't know if there was a player that when he got going was as dangerous as uh, as Jed Howard was. Like that dude could reel off six or seven threes in a half. Right. And not even break a sweat. So I kind of, I kind of get it, right? With the, you know what this feels like? This feels like the Suns taking Cam Johnson at eleven in whatever draft was that the twenty nineteen. Yeah, draft, it does. It does feel draft. a lot like that. That's a good point. Where, and Cam's a very good player. Like, like it, it feels a lot like that. In in to go along with what RC said, you're going with size here. Like Jed Howard's a big dude. This is not. This is not like. Some guy that they're like Jordan Hawkins, very good player, runaway shooter, can move and shoot all this, that, and the third. But it, I think Jed Howard, by the time all said and done, he'll have thirty pounds on it. Like that's yeah. where this was the difference right here. Yeah, you know what? You know what I love about this pick too is that I remember watching Jed Howard at Peach Jam in twenty twenty one, and I'm sitting and I'm sitting right next to Terrence Oglesby, and we're sitting there watching him, and he like makes four plays in a row. And T.O., I, I, I remember this specifically. I've never I don't remember this, so I hope it's it, good. It was really funny when you said it. And you just look at him and go, he's just such a Michigan State guy, isn't he? I'm like, dude, you know, do you know who his dad is? Do you know where his dad works right now? Like, yeah. He's just such a Michigan State guy. And nope, turns out he's just a guy that uh, is basically Duncan Robinson 2.0. I, I think that was I, I think that was Ty Rogers. No, it was 100% Jed Howard because I remember yeah, laughing and being like, what? And that was the first time I'd ever met T.O. in person. I was like, who the fuck is this guy? Like, what is he talking about here? That was funny. Um, all right, pick 12 is in. Uh, I think we all are going to love what it ended up being. Mavericks take Derek Lively. Well, technically the Thunder take Derek Lively, but the Mavericks get Derek Lively with the 12th pick. Um, perfect fit for him, right? Like, it just makes so much sense. You need defense, you need rebounding, you need a guy that can, in theory, be a floor spacer. Uh, T.O. That's, the, that's I, the swing skill. That's the swing skill. Everyone, that's that's the favorite thing people love to say. That's the new buzzword on the NBA draft is, that's his swing skill. Like, is he going to be, is he going to, you know, be a home run or is he going to be a, you know, 
a swinging single. Dude, that sounded terrible. Like, <laughs> like, is he going to be a home run or is he going to, you know, not be able to turn into a longtime pro? I think defensively his floor is high because he, he has great timing. One consistent throughout the season was his defensive ability. It's when he got more comfortable uh, kind of moving and reacting off of some of those guards at Duke. Derek Lively is a really good player. And to be honest with you, when we saw him at Peach Jam playing for team final alongside a lot of those talented guards, he was a guy who could step out and shoot the basketball. Now, I thought he would continue to do that. Last seat, last uh, Before their season, I compared him to a jump shooting DeAndre Jordan. I thought like he had that ability. He never shot the ball at Duke. I, I, I think he can. So that's kind of where um, I, I think teams were infatuated with that. Yeah, th- let's, let's talk about that, RC, because I think – I remember you saying before the season when you watched Derek Lively play, like he was making shots in practice. Yeah. And then he comes out, like we saw him make shots to you when we were at Peach Jam. And like then he comes out in uh during the season and he shoots 15.7% from beyond the arc this past year. But you're buying it, right, RC? I'm buying it because he didn't shoot many. You know, and, and his attempts were late in games. They were blow out, they were blowouts when he was trying to get himself back in shape because he had missed so much significant time you know, being the nagging injury, getting himself going there. And there was buy-in there. That team with Duke, there was talent. The ball moved around. It was multiple guys that needed to touch the ball. And having him and Derek Whitehead there trying to, you know, getting injured early and trying to find a way out. I thought he was – I think he's one of those guys. He just knows what he is. He He's coming in saying, I'm going to defend. I'm going to rebound day one. I think offensively he'll evolve into a spacing big. But he's going to be a DHO guy. And – Let's be honest. Most of these guys we're talking about, if you're an offensive guy thinking that any of these guys are going to come into this league right now and offensively just overwhelm anybody, forget about it. Yeah. Uh, it, it it's it's going to be, you better come in there, bust your ass, and be ready to guard. He is probably one of the few prospects that we talk about guys can become a 3 and D guy. This guy is getting drafted because he knows what he is. He's not going to be that seven-footer that's going to be like, hey, man, I ain't getting enough touches. He's, he's perfectly okay with going to the glass, offensive rebounds, kicking it out to his shooters. I think that's why you're so high on him. And, again, when you watch him shooting, his workouts, like this is a guy early on, we were saying, hey, he's a late first-round pick that we talked about shooting up the draft boards because we saw somebody got him in the gym and watched him make shots saying, hey, we can work with this and we can build around this. Yeah, that's, that's exactly what happened. Um, I want to circle back on something because uh, he is – like we mentioned, he's technically being drafted by Oklahoma City, uh, but he is going to end up uh, going to Dallas. Oklahoma City got Casey Wallace. They were able to get the um, – the, they brought uh, Davis Bertans, with him, I, however you pronounce that name, was get it off the books for Dallas. So I like that I trade for that both right, these teams, and I think it makes a lot of sense for both of them. What I want to ask you is this. When it comes to Kentucky guards, one thing that we see consistently yeah. is these guys leave school – get to the league and end up outperforming their draft where, where they get drafted and what they did when they were in college. Devin Booker is one. Tyrese Maxey is another. Tyler Hero is another. Um, the list goes on and on. De'Aaron Fox is another. Why, one, RC, why do you think that is? And two, do you see Kaysen Wallace being a guy that can kind of follow in that same mold? And T.O., you answer that too. I don't know if he has the offensive game to that, that off the bounce. To do that, I think he can make, you know, shooting, catching and shooting, and then obviously on the defensive end. I think it's because these guys body, and there's so much talent. When they go to Kentucky and they're going to Duke, 
they're going in groups. I mean, they're going in as these number one rated classes, and there's so many guys to buy in. You kind of accept whatever that role is. So if mm-hmm. if the three of us are going in together, it'll be, hey, Rob, you make make sure you defend, facilitate, make sure you get T.O. and out of ball so we can shoot it. And, you know, and then it, you know, you just kind of buy into that role. I mean, and, and, and when you're playing with a group of guys now, if they were going to a school that didn't have that, and you trying to force shots and get your shots, that's something different. But, again, I, I love the pick with him. And and I think, you know, my, my only concern with Wallace is just offensively, creativity off the bounce. I think he's a solid game, but I don't know if, how dynamic offensively he's going to be. Yeah, I agree with that. I think a lot of the stuff with Kentucky kind of stems from you kind of put get put in a box and you're almost hidden a little bit. There's so many dudes. Yeah, there's a lot of guys and you're almost hidden a little bit. Really, the only guy that really flourished to a point to where he was just, you know, a surefire, you know, Anthony Davis. But they actually told Anthony if they threw the ball into Anthony Davis, they were getting subbed out whenever he was in the post. I don't know if you guys remember that, but whenever he was the fourth league scorer on that team, right? That's right. He was a great team. Fourth league guy. Yeah, it was a great team, but like, just because when you're at Kentucky, Cal's trying to put you in a position to what you can help the team win right then and there, not necessarily what you project out four or five years from now. That's a huge thing. Well, obviously, it's not working because they've won. They haven't gotten the same level of talent. There's been a big difference over (laughs) since COVID started. Talent drop off with those guys. There's been a talent drop off, and not only that, like the best freshmen aren't winning right now. I think there's going to be a point whenever this fifth year is done. I think the power of the freshmen is going to come back. T.O., can, you, think just, he's going can back. you just let me throw some shade? Can you please just let me throw some shade? Like, I'm just trying to throw some shade. I'm just I trying to There's a lot of shade there. I mean, we, we can go Kentucky tried, hate if you want. Like, he, he hasn't tried been able the NIL to... thing now, and I think he's going back to saying, the hell with this. Let me go back to what I do and get the best high school players, and let's see what happens. <laughs> I'm, not mad, I'm not mad at it because I feel like that that's going to come back and be successful again shortly. When's the fifth year done? It's got to be close. Uh, I mean, it's, uh, I think next year is really. They like got the another last. year. Yeah. No. So this uh, year, yeah. this upcoming year, and the following. Yes. Yeah. That's what so I'm saying. Yeah. Like after that, I feel like the power of the fresh is going to come back because there's not going to be that as many 24 and 25 year olds. Yeah, it won't like, be there's just too many. Derek Lively's mom is taller than John Shire. And John Shire is not a small dude. John Shire is like 6'4. Right. And Derek Lively's oh, mom has like a legit two inches on him. I'm happy. I'm happy for her and him. But she's had a lot of health issues that's been well documented. I'm really happy that she's able to be there with him. Yep. Awesome moment. Awesome. John Shire's right. a big dude, too. Like people kind of. He's a lot yeah, bigger. He's, not, than a, he's not a small guy. She towers over him. Yeah. We know, at least we know where he got his height from. Right. That's yeah. not a secret anymore. All right. So Kim Whitmore is obviously. The uh, the best player on on the board still, and I think that his slide um, is probably at this point for me is probably the story of of the draft at least at this point. Uh, but the next best, I think player, Anthony Black at six is a is a big story too. I did I, I thought he was in that eight nine ten range. I thought that was a it was I guess it was a pretty good bump. Yeah, it was it was wild. We had Anthony Black at six, Bilal Kulabali at seven, and Jet Howard at eleven. If anybody had that, if anybody predicted that, if that was in anybody's mock drafts, just go ahead and take your bow right now because because uh, you are very obviously uh, winning this. Uh, you know what's interesting is that um, is that Duke had all of their freshmen come in this year, right? Like that was the big the big thing for this season was all of the freshmen came in for Duke, and I think that you can say the guy that struggled the most, right? It's probably fair to say Kyle Filipowski, Tyrese Proctor, both had great years. Tariq Whitehead 
was injured but had a strong finish to the season. The guy that struggled the most was Derek Lively, and he ended up being the first guy taken off the board. Is there anything that we can take away from that, T.O.? Uh, being seven foot two and, and being a rim presence is still a big thing. And I, I think upside in general with him is significant just because there's so few people that are that size, that mobile. And this is a, we, we talk about projecting a guy somewhere as opposed to his current production. That's where the NBA is at, especially with American players. Like that's, he fits that mold, right? Like you see the tip dunks, you see the soft mm-hmm. touch from three, you see his ability to protect the rim. This is a future play just as much as it is anything else. I thought he struggled because of the guys around. There was so much inconsistency around him. Like he's going to he be hurt too at the beginning of the year, right? Yeah. I mean, he was injured early on and, and uh, rolled his ankle and had a slow start. So he missed his conditioning. But remember Roach missed games during the year, you know, Derek Whitehead in and out of the lineup. There was a lot of changing going on and moving parts around him that I think affected his play, but he definitely energized that group with his defensive ability and rebounding. Yeah, and I, I think it's th- this is not going to be surprising when people hear me say it, but Duke's season turned around when Derek Lively figured yeah. out how to uh, take over games defensively. He is a guy, I mean, he averaged five points and five boards, but that was not his impact on, on the game over the final stretch of the season, and that's exactly why, uh, why Dallas is um, – is drafting him in that two spot. Years in a, two years in a row, uh, Duke centers picked in the top 15. That's true. Not guard you anymore, T.O.? What are you taking away from that? You trying to hit at something? Well, no. I mean, but you don't have to average a ton of points if, you, if you're that type of player. And you go there at Duke and you allow people to get up in the passing lanes and he's just sitting back there. Is You're going to be able to show off your rim protection ability. And, and, you know, and you he's going to be able to switch and just move his feet, too. Yeah, he can do that a little bit. You know what it says to me? Know your role and do your job. Yeah. Know your role and do your job. If you know your role and do your job, it's not about the numbers. This Raptors yeah. pick is wildly intriguing to me. Because they shouldn't be as bad as what they are. Like that, it felt like, you know, they were 42 and 40, ninth in the West. Like this uh, Pascal Siakam, Van Fleet, Gary Trent Jr., who just opted out, OG Ananumi, who they've been trying to move. Scotty Barnes is there. This might be a Cam Whitmore spot. Make a lot of sense. It they would. love those long athletic dudes. Or Grady Dick wears that red jacket because he's going to the Raptors. <laughs> Literally the worst jacket I've ever seen. You like, you know, have you guys seen Despicable Me 3 where the dude has the shoulder pads? Have you seen this? Have you seen this movie? Rob, I know you've seen this movie with Balthazar. The Go guy's off, name is Balthazar Bratt, and he has shoulder pads and a suit. And I think the suit's the same cut as my man Grady Dick has on right now. And it is atrocious. It is atrocious. He needs to – somebody needs to change that quick. Hopefully that won't, it won't make it to the, when he gets drafted. Looks like something Dagan Hughes would wear. <laughs> hey, we, right, should get me- we should get that for Goodman. We should get that for Goodman. Goodman I would love to see Goodman try to pull that off. I would love to see Goodman try to pull that off. All right, while we're waiting for the next pick to come in, um, I'm gonna I want to ask you guys this: who are who are the players that you are higher on? If you were drafting and you were gonna make a move like Walau Kulabali at seven, like Jet Howard at eleven, To are you look like you're thinking over there? You look like you're deep in thought, pondering. Um, who, yeah, who is who is the guy that you you would be taking that swing for? Where you would be trading up and maybe reaching for him? 
You know what? There's there's a lot of guys still available, and, and the fact of the matter is the Raptors have a nice team. They're just missing a couple pieces. Do they want shooters? Do they want somebody they could run some offense for? They have a new coach in line there. Like, I just – a couple of guys. I, I, I'm just shocked that Jet Howard went so high. That's a huge one. Noah Clowney's a guy that I'm pretty high on. Jaime Jaquez, you want somebody that can fit in and play with a lot of guys. The, the, the back half of this draft has a lot of role-player potential. It's just a matter of what direction you want to go. I could see a Jalen Hood Shafino going here in the next, you know, two, three picks. So uh, from 15 on, you have to you have to go with guys you think are going to be role players from here on out. So the the one that I would give you, um, and you talked me into this, is Amari Bailey for a lot of different yeah. reasons. Yeah. I, I see. I'm gonna tell you the one guy I think left in his draft that has a that could that could be a star. If he can make this full transition to point, we talked about this in our evaluations. Is Jay Hood Scafino? Mm-hmm. If he can, if he can be a point guard, at you know, that RC, hold that thought for one second, dude. Because dude, look at this jacket. Toronto, Toronto <laughs> has made the dick pick. They have drafted Grady Dick with the thirteenth pick. To everything that you hate about life has come to fruition. And you know what? It's not even a jacket. The the shirt that he has underneath the jacket is matching the jacket. It's a whole That's outfit. Horrible. It's an entire suit. It's a f- fucking turtleneck. That's horrible. <laughs> it is, ho- is, that, is horrible. That, it's glitter. That, that, that's horrible. Like seriously, his mother is embarrassed. <laughs> if anybody looks was gonna, he I'm lost a bet. He lost a bet. That's the only reason why he's wearing it. He lost a bet. I'm not going to lie. If there was anybody that I was expecting to come out wearing a suit like that, Grady Dick would have been the last person that I would have guessed would be the guy coming out there wearing that that uh, that outfit. He's MC Hammer. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Talk about this fit. Talk about this fit. I can't stop talking about the suit. That's horrible. That is. God. Can you tell me more about uh, Despicable Me 3? Well, you're looking at him. (laughs) You're looking at the bad guy. No, hey, look, Grady Dick's a good player. I think to go along with what they have there already, uh, they need a shooter. And not only that, they get a shooter with size. Grady Dick's a nice player, and he got better defensively as the year went on. He's a guy who can put it on the deck, one dribble, and 
knock down shots. And he, he's not a bad athlete, guys. Uh, is he going to be one of these elite defenders? No, but I also don't think he's going to be one of the guys that you have to take off the floor at the end of games. So I think he's going to be fine. Uh, it, I'm not saying he didn't shoot it as well in workouts as, say, Kyle Korver or somebody like that would have, but it, he's a gamer, and he plays really well when the stakes are the highest, and he continuously moves without the ball. And while it's not the quickest shot to go off, the fact that he has a high release point and he is that size, it certainly helps. Uh, he's a very good player who's a very bad dresser, and I want to go cry. <laughs> so much for these guys in situations like this, too. Like, how, how many – what trades are going on, right? Like, what guy in their position or who's free agents that are leaving that give these guys uh, opportunities? Because some of these guys are going to you – know, we're talking G League. You know, so like we're just making the assumption just because some of these guys are first round draft picks as we, you know, we're getting to that point now. We're about to start hitting, you know, in the latter part of this round, we're looking at playoff teams and they can't help them. No disrespect to them. There ain't many kids out here that can come on and help any of these teams we're talking about in the playoffs. Exactly. Exactly. It, but but if you look at their team, like nice fit, Pascal Siakam. Uh, Fred Van Fleet, OG Ananubi is an emerging player in this league. Gary Trent Jr., who just opted out, is a nice player. Uh, in the even Scotty Barnes, who they drafted last year, was he at 16 points a game? What are you laughing at? Somebody just commented that Grady Dick looks like Liberace just bought a used Mazda dealership. Seriously, <laughs> <laughs> that that is horrible, man. Oh man, it, it might be I'll the say, worst one I've ever seen. You know what I'll say about Grady Dick is that. I think if you go back and if you watch the tape of him from like November, he was he was horrible defensively. Like he was he was missing rotations. He wasn't in the right spot. He was getting beat, beat on straight line drives. Um, he was another guy where I think if you listen to what people were saying about him heading into the preseason, like nobody was hyping this dude up like he was going to be a lottery pick, right? Like you just didn't hear that coming out um, of of Kansas in like September and October. But as the season went on, like I think he got better defensively. I think the desire is there for him to want to guard. And I think that's like probably half the battle of being a good defender is actually giving a shit about being a good defender. Right. And I think he does give a shit. And I think he's one of these guys where when the lights are brightest, he shows up and he's ready to play. And he, I, I just, I don't know. I, I really like him. And I think he's going to be a guy that just kind of figures it out at the next level. I don't know if that means he's going to be a starter. I don't know if that means he's going to be a guy that averages double figures. I just think he's going to be a guy that hangs around the NBA for a while because when you're six, eight, you're athletic enough, you want to guard and you can shoot the shit out of it. Like that's a very good combination of things to be ready to go for the rest of the day. If a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine, then athletic greens is giving you a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free travel packs with your first purchase. Go to athleticgreens.com backslash field68. That's field68, F-I-E-L-D, the number six, the number eight, and you can get yours now. So check it out and help support this show. Thanks. Everybody wants shooting. And at his size being 6'8", all he has to do is give a damn about playing defense, and he's going to be on the floor. I don't know. I have my concerns long term about how good of a defender he can actually be, but he's six seven six eight, and he can shoot the hell out of it. And everybody wants, like I said, I we said it earlier. I mean, he's one of the top two, if not the best shooter in this draft. And Hen Hawkins, and at his size, going to a good team with guys that can create off the bounce, he'll be able to do what he does. His superpower is catching and shooting threes.
You know who else can shoot the hell out of it? Jordan Hawkins. You know who is the last lottery pick? Jordan Hawkins. Jordan Hawkins. Off the board, number 14, going to the Pelicans. He's joining Zion Williamson, maybe. He's joining Brandon Ingram, maybe. He's joining a roster that has, um, in theory, a couple guys that can really create off the bounce and need some floor spacing. I think it makes a lot of sense. I, I kind of I like that fit. What do you guys think, RC? What do you think? Everybody's star for shooting. He has a size. I worry about him defensively. I think he's just thin, and he has good height. I think he's thin. Uh, again, we talked about it before. These guys are going back to back. Now you're you're starting to see team draft because we're getting into some of this area now where teams are, you know, right there on the playoff, you know, in the playoffs and and right there to play in games and having a guy that can knock down shots matters. Like we're approaching here now with, you know, the Pelicans, they're a team that when healthy, we know they're going to be there and you need somebody to stretch and make, you know, stretch the floor and, and make shots. And the question I would have for him again is just, just guarding people. I think mm-hmm. he's going to struggle somewhat defensively. And we don't know what this, what the Pelican organization is going to do right now. There's so much rumor swirling about Zion. I don't know if they're going to make a move. I think they may, decide to keep this thing together for one last year and let's see what happens with it. But I like Jordan Hawkins' size, ability to make shots. I just worry about him defensively early in his career. You know what I love about the pick, though, is the fact that C.J. McCollum was there. Great and profile. I, yeah, great profile. But they're totally different players, though. C.J. can boogie with it. They've got a little more wiggle with them. I, I don't know. I don't see that being, you know, Jordan's game. Yeah, but is there is there going to be a point where Jordan – picks that up or his lack of showing that does that have anything to do with the system that he was in no uh, that's just not that's not what he is he's more straight line i think he's more of shot fake put it down straight line Wiggly he's not, that ain't him he's i don't think that he is a guy that is ever going to be someone that can um, he ain't a ball screen guy no he can't he's not going to beat you off the dribble off a standstill like if he comes off of a curl and he has like a half a step on you already, he can get to the basket and he can go dunk on you. But that is if he needs a running start. Like, he's not someone that's going to square you up, jab one way, and get to the basket. Like, he doesn't have that first step burst. What he has is an ability to be able to run off screens and sprint into shots and catch and shoot while running full speed better than anybody, I think, in the NBA outside of maybe Duncan Robinson. Like, he is, he's going to walk in and be like a top 10 off of a screen shooter in the league. That so is, you need a that is wild. No way. Wow. That, that is a wild. I'm a Yukon. I that is a wild. I am a That's a Yukon bias coming out of Watch his ability. That is such a wild statement right there. Watch. A top watch. 10 no, 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 off the run wild. shooter. He's biased. Okay. You know he's biased. Running dude, go running up and down rosters, right? Dude, they got like four on one team that's like, hey, what's hey, what's the Twitter guy handle? What's, what's the Twitter guy, Mr. Hotballs? Yeah. You, oh, you, you making that comment, <laughs> Mr. Hotballs? That's what you're doing. Yeah, <laughs> you're just firing up him. Like we don't, we don't, that we don't need is, to get this going. No, look, look, he he's holy crap. I think that he is going to make a uh, a creative coach and someone that's really smart in how they use guys off the ball. He's gonna he's gonna make him a weapon, right? And I don't know if that's Willie Green or not. I I didn't watch enough of the Pelicans; they're not good enough for me to pay attention to before the playoffs start. Um, but I think that if you're smart and you you are creative with what you run, that you'll be able to turn Jordan Hawkins to a weapon. And I think that with if you can manipulate defenses with a guy with his shooting ability, and you got guys like Brandon Ingram and CJ McCollum and Zion Williamson out there, 
I really like the fit. I think he's a weapon. I think he's someone that you can use. I'm not mad at the fact that he's a weapon. I'm just blown away with the fact that you said he might be top 10 already. Dude, he's a buck 80 soaking wet. And like, dude, trying to come off a screen in the NBA. Dude, people, the guys guarding him are going to be 215, 220 pounds. But to be able to come straight in. Hey, look, you're forgetting something, man. He's going to New Orleans. You know how good the food is down there? Jordan Talkin is going to put on 30 pounds in the first week. <laughs> you see what Zion Williamson looks like? He's going to be in the I, I worry about him. Hey, that, Zion's been spending part. all his time in Dallas. He ain't even been in New Orleans. Yeah, I think he'll struggle to crack the rotation early, but he'll evolve into a hell of a player. I think his, his ability to shoot will be great, but he need dudes. He need do, dudes with him. And they got dudes in, in the, you know, at New Orleans now. Hey, ESPN showing Ray Allen. No, late career Ray Allen. Lay out because young Ray late Allen, career, young young career floor. Ray Allen was a freaking was a problem. score. He was a dude. he was a score. Yeah. Like he like was a dog. He was a dog, and like yep. that is that is disrespectful to Ray. Ray Allen going there, dunk on. No, what what he is what he is is uh is modern. The the ceiling for him is modern Rip Hamilton. Right, Rip Hamilton was running off the of screens and hitting twelve footers and fifteen footers. But, but my concern with that, and I agree with you, is no one plays like that anymore. Mm-hmm. They're not just running floppy action, and you just run off from side to side. No, that's why I'm saying like you need a creative coach. You need someone that's going to kind of understand how to how to utilize that ability. I don't think Jordan Hawkins is going to be a starter in the NBA. I think he's an off the bench guy, dude. If I, he's top ten in anything in the NBA, he's a freaking starter. So like I we, think you're Duncan, going Duncan against Robinson, like, dude, you are <laughs> no, no, wild. that's not true. Duncan Robinson, Robinson, Duncan Robinson might be the best shooter on the planet, and he lost his starting job to Max Strews. Okay, who? who? Duncan Robinson might be the best shooter Stop on the planet. It. Stop, it. Shooter. Stop it! Stop it! All right, we have the number fifteen pick in uh, Atlanta Hawks. Adama Sanogo. First non-lottery pick is Kobe Bufkin. Look at RC. He was so RC was so disappointed in your take. He leaned back and we just lost him. I almost fell out my window, T.O., and I'm on the 28th floor. (laughs) (laughs) Hey, Vegas, they got those doors locked. Hey, T.O., look. Look at my view. I'm on the 28th floor. I almost fell out my window, man. Yeah, I know. (laughs) Unreal. All right, let's um let's let's talk about Kobe Buffkin because you are you are the Hawks. I feel like you're in a weird spot if you're the Hawks, right? You got Trey Young, who may or may not be the franchise Dude, player, wants like, to be there. Yeah, yeah. You have De- uh, Dejounte Murray, who may or not may or may not still be there after this season, right? You got some other pieces that you're trying to figure out. The Bogdanovich kid is uh, is is um, he's going to end up being a free agent, right? Like, there's there's a lot of moving parts there. Do you think this is the pick that you need to make? Do you want to go after a guy like Kobe Buffkin when there are still players? like a Nick Smith, like a Cam Whitmore, some of these other guys on the board. What do you think of it, T.O.? It, it, it all depends on what they're going to do at the guard spots. Like, the, the, the Hawks are the ones that are kind of stuck in purgatory right now. Like, Trey Young is not going to take you to a finals, but he might get you to an eight seed. DeJounte Murray, that that combination didn't work out as well as a lot of people thought. They got rid of Kevin Herter, who that hurt them a lot as the season went on, kind of that third playmaking guard. Uh they're in purgatory. Can can Kobe Buffkin be that guy? He played really well later in the season, and Michigan really uh, benefited because of him. We'll see how that goes moving forward. But it, it, like you said, Atlanta's in a, in a difficult, different spot. 
under some new leadership and it, we'll, we'll see exactly how that happens. I, I'm not mad at the pick, but like, I don't think there was really a wrong answer. You needed to go for talent here. And Cam Whitmore continues to drop. Yeah. Continues RC, to drop. RC, what do you make of Kobe Bufkin as a player? Because he's a guy we spent all season talking about Hunter Dickinson and Michigan. We spent a lot of time talking about, uh, I don't know if Jed Howard is the guy. Kobe Bufkin ends up being, I look, I know that, that Jed Howard got drafted before him. I think Kobe Bufkin's the highest upside guy coming out of that Michigan team. Remember, Kobe Bufkin, sophomore is a week younger than Jet Howard, freshman. You got to view what this dude did as a one and done. He averaged 15 points, six boards, four assists. Uh, I, I just, I think he is terrific. I love this kid. I'm a big fan of him. He got the Bruno Mars look going right now, coming up on stage. <laughs> I'll, uh, I think he's going I'm not mad at unique, that. I think he's going to a unique situation because I don't think, I don't think the Hawks can run that same team back. You know, they, they are just like, so many teams, you're starting to see trades. I'm shocked to see they hadn't been in trade yet, and I don't know if you can run back. They got to figure out a way to recoup the draft picks that they that they acquired and making all these trades and, and and you know bringing that roster together. So having another guy that can create off the bounce, uh, I'm just curious and hope that they break that roster up a little bit and see where it goes. I mean, there's some draft picks going on. I'm wondering if he stays. You know, to be interesting to see if he stays because I, the Hawks are one of those teams. Sure, like John Collins' name's been rumored around, you know, for so long about making a trade. So does he stay? Does he go? I know he doesn't want to be the 15 pick buried behind those two guys that just don't come off the floor. Yeah, you know what I love about him next to Trey Young. If that's what happens, uh, I think Kobe's good enough to be able to be a, a, a spot up shooter. I think he's someone that's good enough to play with the ball in his hands. I think he's someone that's good enough to play in ball screens. I think he is. Um, T.O., you compared somebody else to to Malcolm Brogdon. Uh, we'll get into that maybe later if the guy ends up being a first-round pick. But I think Kobe Bufkin's in that, like, that Malcolm Brogdon, Derek White, um, that kind of second secondary ball handler, another guy that can run ball screens. That can He's run a little a more slippery unit. than those two. He's a little yeah. more slippery. Let me ask you guys this. If you're the Hawks, who do you move? <laughs> you don't want me to answer that. Well, you move Trae the guy. Young? You move yeah. the guy that. Yeah, I think you got to move Trey Young. I think if you got to move Trey Young. Yeah, I just I don't I don't think that you can do what you want to be able to do as an NBA franchise when when Trey Young is your guy. I just think that somebody that is that much of a liability defensively. I just are those suede are those suede brown shoes that Kobe Bufkin's wearing? Yeah, without the with no undershirt on. Dude, I actually appreciate the you no know, undershirt because you know he's going straight to the club and he doesn't have to worry about finding his shirt later in the night. Yeah, yeah. He, he gonna Because so, you out. know that shirt was coming off. Like, you yep. know his shirt was coming off in the club. Getting drafted top, what, 15? Are you kidding 15 me? 15th pick. Yep. Yeah. All right, number 16 pick is in. The Utah Jazz made their second pick of the first round, and they are going with Yante George out of Baylor. Um, this is a guy that if you, if you talk to different NBA drafts, uh, NBA draft experts, scouts. He was he he divided a lot of people. I'm very high on him. I think that if everything clicks for him, he is a guy that can end up being an All Star. I think he has that kind of an upside. I don't see. Uh, I don't think it's crazy to say that that there's um, Devin Booker in his range of outcomes. I think that he could be that if some things work out. I'll talk about De- that later. Dev- Devin Booker. I think there's also bust potential when it comes to this dude. Right. Yep. RC, TL, what do you guys make of Devin Keontae Booker's George? like four inches taller, isn't he? No, they're like 
It's like he's, he's six four. The other guy, Booker's six five. It's not that big of a difference. I don't know if that's true. He's just not the score. That's a that's a tough comp. I mean, I think Booker's he is. Good. The weird thing about this pick, RC. Uh, sorry for cutting you off, but no, I, you they already have Jordan Clarkson. And they're kind of of that same mold. Now, what I will say, uh, I think Keontae George sees it. And what I mean when I say that is I think he can be a second-level passer. Uh, even at the NBA level, I think he'll benefit some from the more open style of play, the ball screen, the wrong ways, a lot of things that NBA teams like to do. He's going to benefit. He doesn't have elite wiggle, but he does make some tough shots. The fact that it's Jordan Clarkson's already there and he kind of serves that role and that purpose. That's interesting to me. He might be a guy that goes back and forth to the G league for a year or two to see if he can really, really figure it out. And then maybe they let Clarkson go elsewhere. Does that make sense? Like yeah. it might be something that that goes there. Cause they kind of fit the same kind of role, but I do think Keontae George as a passer uh, has shown some upside. All right, so let's uh, let's reset quickly what's happened here recently. Um, the 11th pick uh, was Jed Howard, which shocked everybody. I think T.O. almost fell out of his chair. 12th pick was Derek Lively going to the Mavericks after uh, that pick was traded to Oklahoma City. Um, the 13th pick was, um, the, was Grady Dick, who, again, made T.O. very upset, made R.C. very upset because of the outfit that he was wearing. 14th pick. Uh, best shooter in the NBA walking in day one, Jordan Hawkins. Um, 15th pick, last pick of the first half of the first round was Kobe Bufkin, and the 16th pick was uh, Keontae George. Glad we were able to reset that. I don't need Dagan uh, yelling at me any more than he already does. Um, Dagan would never. Yes. Hey, so, uh, uh, dude, by the way, Jay Billis is massive, dude. He is a massive human. Like, Jay Billis has ever been a 6'10". He make when Banyama makes him look like six mm-hmm. two. <laughs> like it is crazy how big this dude is. I can't get over. It. He makes a microphone look like a toothpick. When he when he picked up the baseball the other day and it looked like he was holding a Man, how funny was that a bouncy ball in the palm of his hand and then like when they asked him to throw it into the crowd did you guys see this he just he wound up and he threw it as hard as he could into the crowd he wasn't it wasn't like a soft toss he was like all right I'm gonna try to throw this thing 85 miles an hour into the crowd. <laughs> he was getting revenge he, he was getting revenge for that terrible him. pitch he's like don't don't doubt me don't <laughs> doubt me and then he almost killed a pedestrian um, all right so. Uh, Keontae George, I'm going to give you my my 30-second spiel on why I think that he is a guy with all-star upside. Um, I'm buying the shot-making. I'm buying I the agree. isolation. I, 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 I agree with you. I, I just think the Devin Booker thing, I, I'm not I'm not sure I buy that because I – sorry, I'll let you finish. I'll the you the finish. score the, – the ability to, to score in isolation, I think he's got all of the – all of the, the, the dash backs, right, pullbacks, step backs – Whatever, however you want to phrase it, he's got all those shots in his arsenal. I think he's got deep range. I think he is a tough shot maker, and I think that part of uh, part of why his percentages were what they were in college this past season is because a lot of the shots that he took was tough stuff off the dribble. I think that those numbers are going to get a little bit better. Um, my biggest question, and I'm curious if you guys saw any of this this past year. I going back and watching some of his film. I watched every one of his assists from this past season, and. I can't decide if the stuff that he does out of ball screens and the the passes that he makes are him 
reading defenses and figuring out the guys that are going to be open or essentially running a play that Scott Drew has drawn up where he's told this is the pass that you have to make and him being able to make that pass. I don't know. that That's the one thing I can't figure out because if he can make those secondary reads, I think that he's a guy that can average like 18 points and, and four assists at the NBA level pretty easily um, if everything comes together for him. That's, he, he that's, made he made those reads at a high level when I saw him in the summer when yeah. he was playing. You can't, for, you can't script it. You can't script that. That's one of those things. The guys pass under like that. You just got to give the credit for being having that vision because I don't care how great you are scheming up a play, you still don't know how someone's going to defend it. And he's just done it too many times to second guess his ability as a playmaker. I was sitting beside our guy, David Bentley, watching him play uh, in Birmingham last was a couple of years ago. And he came off a ball screen. That was a wrong way. And he fired it from about three feet off the right elbow all the way to the left corner. And me and Bentley just look at each other. It was like, man, that's why that guy's going to get paid a lot of money. I didn't think he was going to be a score first is what he was at Baylor. But I, I do think like, like it's there. It's a matter if that's going to be his go-to is creating for somebody else. I do think it's there. It's just a matter of that. But I, I think one thing that we don't measure enough, and it's impossible to measure it, is competitiveness. That dude's competitive. Like, if a game's close to a game's on the line, it's Keontae George's ball. He didn't care how many seniors was on that Baylor team. He's taking that shot. And that is something, confidence – and competitiveness at the NBA level, let's keep in mind too, and, and I say this without a shadow of a doubt, like 80% of guys in the NBA don't love hoop. They are big dudes collecting checks. Keontae George loves hoop, and he's competitive as all hell. I think like that's going to help him stick even during a couple of bad seasons if they do occur. I like the fit with with Utah just because I think they need guys that can kind of play this role, right? They need guys that can be their bucket getter that can create. They already drafted Taylor Hendricks, who is a floor spacer. They got Laurie Markkinen, who's uh he. I I didn't realize this because I I didn't watch much Utah this past season, but he averaged twenty five points a game. Yeah, right. Also, he's a guy at the four that can that can that can really shoot it. Right. You got a guy in in Walker Kessler who. Um, isn't going to space the floor like a jump shooter, but he is a guy that's going to space the floor as a as a rim runner and as a lob threat, right? So you need someone that can out that 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 can take advantage of that space that gets created. I think that that is someone that is right. That's what he could do, right, RC? We're yeah, he, he's we're starting to get now when you get in this part of the draft again. He's going to a really good situation for a guy. I think that'll that'll be on a roster all year long. I think we're going to start, as we get further down here and we start getting in the 20s, we're going to start seeing some guys that will just go to G leagues, you know, and I don't know, um, you know, as we get past, like next, I think the Lakers are on the clock next, you know, be curious to see. They, they'll they probably need some depth, but we'll start seeing some specialized, some specialists in shooting. I think he's one of the more dynamic guys, Keontae's left that. Another day is here and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. 
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. He could be really damn good. I mean, yeah. we don't know what his ceiling could be. And you throw that out there, Utah, where he's going to be, he's going to get a chance to play and play through some mistakes that some of these guys getting yes. drafted here or not won't get a chance to do. Yeah, I think that's the biggest thing is he's going to get opportunities. He's going to get yeah. a chance to develop and to learn. Um, he's going to get a chance to play. So I'm, I, I really like the pick. You know what's really interesting here? Bad suit choice. Yeah, you just you're you're hating on all these guys that got their style. They're trying to show their personality. Dude, I, you know what? I, Thompson twins had nice suits. Koulibaly, nice suit, clean, elegant. I don't know what that is. Wimbenyama. Wimbenyama had a nice suit and went with a green. Like I, I, I don't know what what Keontae George's goal is. Like what what is this thing? Uh, I don't know. I think you could pull it off, Tio. Me? Yeah. Sweet I think you can pull it off. Dude, I'm so white, I'm see-through. I, I think we ought to, I think we ought to get you that to for, for the final four next year. Yeah, 100%. You, since you bailed on wearing the hot dog suit after you lost the bet, you got to wear I that. wore the hot dog suit. We have evidence. <laughs> all right. What are you let me, talking uh, about? Me, what I wear it for an hour? So, all right. So, the, the Lakers are picking here, and I think that this is one of the, the more interesting spots to draft in the first round because I was if I was a Lakers fan, I would be. I would have been really, really hoping that one of uh, Grady Dick or Jordan Hawkins would have fallen to me Shooting. at seventeen, right? Yeah. Or even to Jed Howard, someone that could be a shooter to put around LeBron James. I don't know if there is anybody left on the board right now that is a good enough shooter or a good enough prospect that you could draft him in this spot. But you know who's still on the board right now? Cam Whitmore. I almost he, hope he. I almost hope he slides past this one and goes to Miami. I wouldn't hate that. I, yeah, I don't. I don't like. I don't like Cam with the Lakers. I, you know who I like Cam with? Miami Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. Miami. Yep. Yeah. Miami. That, that would be great for him. So, who do you like here for the Lakers, RC? Oh, Jalen. I got one that makes, makes some sense. I, that's that's exactly who I literally who I was going to say. Who do you say? Your boy, Jalen Hutchinson. Jalen Hutchinson. I'm going to tell you the two guards I like for the rest of this draft, no matter where they go, is Jalen Hushafino and Kobe Jones. All right, talk to me about Jalen. We agree on Kobe. I, 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 that. Yeah, I, I just, you know, I, 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 I hope that that's what they, they decide to go to. Guess what? RC, guess what? Shams just came through. You know who the Lakers got? Jalen Hushafino. They got your boy. All right, talk to me about that fit. Talk to me about why it makes Listen, sense. I, like it so much. I think his upside is tremendous. I just, I just like him. I mean, we we don't know, and I've said this to Goodman early in the year. He's the guy to me. Forget all the draft status and everything else. We talk about what guys can be. What he did to the Indiana team when Xavier Johnson got hurt and they put the ball in his hands, I, I thought he showed everything you need to look. He showed you he could be a high-level playmaking, right decision-making, um, closer. And if he, at 6'6", six, six, if he can translate that Big. to be a point guard, that's massive. Yeah. And, if he, and, and the reason why I say that to people is because if he goes off to the wing, he's not an elite athlete. 
So if he goes off to the wing, he's a good enough. But he goes up to the wing, then he, he, he that's that's negated. You put him as your point guard, and obviously with LeBron being there, he's going to dominate the ball. But as a point guard at his size, man, I, I think his upside, I, I really think he got a chance to be special. It's just that, you know, I think he'll be a solid veteran player because, you know, 10-year player or so. But if he can become a point guard, I, I think his ceiling can go through the roof. I think he is. That, I think that, he, that's I my think thing. He projects as an NBA one, and, and there's a difference between Jalen Hood Shafino's version of six five six six and Jordan Hawkins' version of six five six six. I, right. I think he's. He, I think he's ready to play and defend. They want. Uh, from day one and it doesn't have to be with the first unit it can be with that second unit because the lakers have some guys in those spots to where uh he doesn't have to be great right away but he could be serviceable right away and i think he could be a long time pro because of a lot of the things that he does I, I i'm a big fan big body really skilled had some really good games uh you know the one of the main reasons indiana was back what here's I what i'll say about his him. size and his ability to switch as right. a defender is something I think the Lakers value with that. He's a guy you don't have to hide him. It's like he's physical enough as a big guard that you're going to be able to switch in their lineup. Here's what I'll say about Hood Shafino. I think is the there, there's two things that stand out to me. The first is I think he is a a good willing defender. Like I think that he you know how everyone will say he's got that dog in him, right? Like I think he does. He's kind of like a quiet laid back dude. But I think he's got that in him, right? We saw it in was it the Purdue game at home when he took over down the stretch? He had like thirty five. That, that was Purdue, right? Um, and two, what we saw in that game was his ability to kind of get to that like mid range pull up, right? That's where he was a killer. It was like thirteen to seventeen feet off the bounce. Uh, Zach Eady's playing drop coverage, right? He squares you up. He waits to get you off balance and knocks down that little fifteen footer. If you can shoot like that from 15 feet off the dribble the way that he can, then I am convinced that you're going to be able to extend that range out when you get beyond being just a freshman in college, right? So I'm buying him as a shooter long-term, which means I don't think he's just a guy that's going to have to be a point guard, right? And I see a lot of value in players that are I kind of like it's kind of like the Tyrese Halliburton mold, if that makes sense, where they can do all the stuff as a point guard, but they're good enough shooters where you could play them off the ball so you can go and get another creator next to him. Does that make sense? I think he can be one of those guys. I would not be surprised to see him kind of hit that level of, of maybe not the exact same player as Halliburton, but the same kind of impact. Does that make sense? Am I making sense? I like the comparison. Wasn't Halliburton an all star? Was Halliburton yeah. an all star? Yeah. I mean, he was like, he's right. He's paid like one. Mm -hmm. uh, I, can, I can tell you that he's paid like an all star. I, I'm a just, I'm a big fan of this kid. I, I really am. I, I think he has a, his upside is tremendous. It's, you know, let's see how much with so much thrown at him, and then now he's going to a situation where veteran guys have struggled under, you know, under the presence of LeBron and the pressure that comes with doing that. And so let, let's see how he responds to that. Now, in some aspect, that's a bit much. But playing with those guys at 6'5", 220, he'll have, you know, they'll take some of that pressure off of him, but yeah. as much as they can. What do you what do you make of the um of the Lakers now at this point, right? They're you're you're dealing with an, a LeBron who's not getting any younger. You got Anthony Davis there who um 
who can be dominant, but is a guy who, you know, always injured. And it feels like once he kind of hits that wall and he gets tired, you don't get anything out of him. Like, is this, is adding Huchifino the kind of thing that can make them better day one? Cause you're not, you're not trying to bet on a guy that's going to be an impact player in five years. Like you need to win now. If you're the Lakers, that window is closing with LeBron James. You know what I think? I'll, I'll just tell you, I, I think this pick had a lot to do with who the Lakers feel they're going to have to go through next year to get back, and that's Denver. Denver was massive this year. Yeah. You know, there's like, a massive team. And now a team like the Lakers are knowing, like, hey, we got a draft. We need size. We need perimeter. We need guard size because, you know, we need somebody that can – I'm not saying he's going to come in and bother Lamont Murray, but, you know, Jamal Murray – he needs to be able to see you, though. And as a 6'6 guard, he's going to know that he's at least there. And and he's someone that, comp-wise, that I was saying, I think that that's the type of player that Pushifino should just strive to be like. But I think they needed the big guard instead of the smaller guards that Murray just was too big, too physical to, to, to match up with. Mm-hmm. All right, so um, pick 18 is on the board. It's the Miami Heat. They've made it to the NBA Finals this past season. Right? That's Cam all day. That's got to be Cam. I, I mean, bring it, say, you know, talking about low assist rates, doesn't pass the ball, only looking to shoot. Like, you don't have a choice if you're going to play with Jimmy Butler than to play the right way. Mm-hmm. Like, a lot of people would have thought that about him going into Villanova, being a ball stopper. Villanova thrives on ball movement, all that stuff. He didn't do that this year. Like, you go there and you play with Jimmy Butler, go ahead and try to be selfish. Go ahead and try to be so it's not going to work. So you take a guy with elite scoring upside and you put him in that heat culture. And I feel like that's just such an overused thing. But I think it's a real thing because you have that many undrafted guys that can fit into something like that. It makes too much sense. And I feel like he could really uh, he could really thrive with that type of uh, leadership in front of him. How does this? I think, I think that they need a they need a, a, a stretch four maybe. If they don't take Cam, I think like a stretch four, somebody else to – because Butler played a lot of four when they went to this small ball lineup. How does this – how does this impact a kid, right? If you're – if you're, we're talking about Cam Whitmore, right, you're supposed to be a top four, five, six, seven, eight pick, right? And we're sitting here, it's 10 hey, in the PM, right? How does that – is this something where – are you worried about him? Is it something yes, where sir. you say like – Okay, you use this as motivation. I'm gonna tell you this. So, when I this is the one thing that's funny when we were joking earlier about me getting drafted, and I remember talking to Sacramento, and they ended up going with Corliss Williamson. It was a two-two. Uh, one of the one of the guys I knew, one of the coaches was a DC guy, and he called my representation, and they put me on the phone, and he said, "Right now, we're split. The room is two-two, and the owner's gonna go. The owner's gonna make the final pick." This is like 12th, right? And they went with Corliss Williams. So at this point, you know, it doesn't matter. It ain't like football where you just draft the best guy. You know, in NBA, it's got to be a fit. It's got to be a need. And then when you start, as I said, you're getting into these realms. You're getting into teams that have really good players or a lot of money invested into that. So for me going from 12th to when I tell y'all 19th, I can honestly tell you where I was when my name got called. I grabbed my dogs and started walking my damn dogs down the street that by the time my name got called, they had to call me and I had to run back in the house and talk to the team. 
because I was just losing my damn mind. I mean, you was just you was sitting there because I was like, I didn't go. And I literally at that point when they called and I didn't get drafted, I mean, it didn't take me at 11 or 12, whatever it was. I just said 13, I think it was. And I'm like, holy shit. I just went outside, man. I grabbed two more picks later. I went and started walking my dogs. The uh, it's always tough for the guys that get stuck in the green room, right? Oh, you always you always feel feel bad for them when they Miami just made there. an interesting pick. Yeah, well, well I, I saw it. I'll get to it in one second, but it's always you always feel bad for them where the ESPN cameras are zooming in on their faces, right? Like it's just it's never you never want that for a player in that situation. Um, Miami's pick is in; they are drafting a guy from LA. It's not Cam Whitmore. It's Jaime. Hawkes, a dude who I think fits the culture of the Miami Heat better than just about anybody in this draft. And I don't think if you would have told me uh, before this college basketball season started, RC, that Jaime Hawkes was going to be a top 20 pick in this year's NBA draft, I don't think I would have believed you. I love him, though. I love him as a player. I love him as a kid. I love the hair. I think he's tough as shit. I love everything about this dude. And I'll tell you what. I know this for a fact. When he got to UCLA, he changed the culture of that program. They remember when he got there, they were coming off the Steve Alford area, right? Yeah. Where no one was playing defense. It wasn't UCLA basketball. He came in, Mick Cronin was there, and he changed the culture of UCLA basketball. And you take a guy like that and plug him into the Miami Heat roster, I'll tell you who's going to love that fucking dude. Jimmy Butler is going to love that dude. I don't think there was a more perfect fit than adding Jaime Hawkes to that team. I don't know if he's exactly what you want as a player, like in an ideal world, but man, he just fits so perfectly. I love it, RC. Hey, you know what Miami's so good at too? Saying, damn, all the measurements, damn, the like he, he mm -hmm. tested well. That being said, when he plays, he's not this antelope looking runner where he just kind of floats and jumps and, and glides down the court. He's but what he is, is he's a damn good basketball player. Yes. So like it, he makes the right plays with consistency. I think he's a very undervalued one-on-one -on -one player. If he gets it at the elbow, I, because he's so fundamentally sound, he's going to pump fake you to death. He's going to jab step. He's re he reads leverage incredibly well. And as he tested, he's a better athlete than people give him credit for. This is a he big 39 inch vert. Yeah. This is a big dude who can make plays, create plays. He's going to defend and he's switchable. Now, is he going to be able to stay in front of some of these elite point guards? I don't necessarily think so, but the dude's a winner. He understands positioning. He knows when to attack and he's a good athlete, not a great athlete. He's a good athlete. I think he fits in system-wise with those guys as well. I mean, mm -hmm. just offensively with the mid-post, trying to rub, the rub screens, trying to force switches, using their size as their big wings, kind of how Jimmy plays. Jimmy will yeah. set a screen, you switch, all right, give me the ball, I'm going to shoot over your little guard. You know, let me pick your matchup. You switch, put a bigger guy on me, I'll face and I'll drive you. So, um, happy for him. He's going to a hell of a situation. Yeah. Shit, I mean, yeah. God, I mean, it, that, that's – and at this point, the draft, that's what it's about. You want to go somewhere where it's just a great fit, you know, for him, obviously a team that went to the NBA finals, he gets to come in and add some depth. So that's a hell of a, hell of an opportunity for him. Miami values the smile on his face when he sat down to go talk to Monica McNutt on the, on the draft coverage was like, 
Man, it was huge. It was as big as a smile on my face. Hey, I'm freaking jealous of this kid. He he freaking lives in LA and then he fucking comes and he lives in Miami. Like, are you kidding me? Like, like shit. Good for him. Good for him. It, Good. Miami values winning stuff. Yeah. And, yeah. and at a time in the draft, like, where it's so much potential, Miami grabs dudes who can play. Miami grabs mm-hmm. dudes who do winning things. I mean, if, if that's one thing that Pat Riley knows, like, he knows what winning looks like. Yes. And he got himself a winner. He yeah, got, he did. But the, the thing about Jaime Hawkins, too, is when he got there, I remember I remember when he committed, like, it was one of those things where you get, you're getting a three-star dude from, like, some local L.A. school to UCLA. Like, they're just getting him to be a practice player, right? They, they're just getting him to do a favor for some high school coach or some power broker or some AAU guy just to make sure that it's like, hey, look, you know, we do take your guys. We do bring them in. We do make oh. sure that you still have players at UCLA, right? So I, I love it. I, almost as much as I love the 19th pick. Should we go there? Yeah, go there. Yeah, go there. We yeah. go there. We got, you know what? You take it away, man. You make it. You announce the pick. You're only giving it to me because it's hard to pronounce. Well, yeah. I mean, look, you got to. Brandon Podzimski is going. Podzimski. Podzimski. No, but no, that's not how he spelled it. He, he, his, he, he's messing up his own name. He's going to Golden State. I'm just saying, Claire kid. <laughs> you said he's messing up his own name. Yeah, he's Santa Clara from Santa Clara to Golden State. How about that? AirPods is what they call them. AirPods, unbelievable. Why do Number they call him AirPods? Pick. What's the story behind AirPods? That seems like such a big nickname. His right? last name is P O D Z, so they call AirPods. him AirPods. I don't like it. I don't like it. Don't the creativity. Know, you know what? I'll, I'll, let me let me just let you. They, they don't call him that. That is what his dad gets into. Uh, if you tweet about him, his dad will jump into your mention or your DMs and say it's AirPods. Okay, it's okay. A, I was joking calling him that. Anyway, oh, we we did the we did the breakdown of him, To and I know you really like his game. Talk Dante Divincenzo, like very similar. Like he can score a little bit. He's big. He can shoot over the top. I, I think it, it, here's what here's one thing, and, and I'm going to go on a little soapbox right now, but like. One thing that's so incredibly important, if you're a young high school player with NBA potential, make sure you go to the right fit. He goes to Illinois. He plays, what, a grand total of 22 minutes over the course of the whole season? Mm-hmm. Leaves there, goes to Santa Clara, finds a perfect fit with a coach that knows how to put him in winning positions, and he gets drafted in the first round. Now, how does that happen, right? Like, this is a talented kid, but he picks the right school, and now – He's where he should be. There's other guys yeah. in this draft that left early that picked the wrong school. And NCO, the right yeah. team picks him. That's right. <laughs> That's right. Boy, oh boy, he got rewarded in a big way, didn't he? Yeah, gets to go right down the road too. Stays in California. I'm not mad at him. But but you know what? I, is- I really like. He's another one of these guys that I think fits really well as that like secondary kind of a playmaker and i think when you put someone because he could pass it too he could rebound it i think he, yeah he, he led the wcc in rebounding didn't he dude As boards five guard dude, dude yeah. can board dude can board he, he shoots the shit out of it so yeah. there's going to be the floor spacing you could put him in ball screens a little bit he's a little bit older this is not a kid that is just coming in as like an 18 or 19 year old i question the defense that's the thing like i he is when i say he's not an athlete like he he's not an athlete He's just not like I, I don't. I, I might be more athletic than him at this point. In my hey, but Rob, but that's why he's going to an ideal team and look. Mm-hmm. And, and even if he's as a as a secondary guard, look at his point guard's going to be. Mm-hmm. 
Well, let's, you know, let's, he's going let's talk about that. Point. You know what? That's a perfect segue, RC, because the Wizards and the Warriors uh, made a trade to get Chris Paul. So the Warriors now were looking at a situation where they got Chris Paul, they got Steph Curry, they got Clay Thompson. Um, they will not have Jordan Poole heading into next season. And I believe Draymond opted out, correct? I don't know if that yeah. means – like I, I, it's unclear what's going to end up happening with him. But you now have Chris Paul, Steph have to Curry. Pay so much money. Yeah. You, you have Chris Paul – you have Steph Curry, you have Klay Thompson. What is what is happening with the Warriors? Is this just they're making one last shot at it with a bunch of guys that are going to be as old? The, their starting lineup is older than Terrence Oglesby. Like those two guys are. Yeah, older they they literally, literally, literally. I'm not I, even joking. I don't they're think CP is going to start though. I, I think CP's come is going to be at, at a secondary unit. I don't think it, it, start. It, you know CP better than us, obviously. But like, could he? Would he be willing to do that? I think he just cares about winning. At this, I don't think that bothers him at all. And he I think that, he's going, he wants that ring. When you're going to a to a champion, yeah, going to a championship level team, um, obviously he knows better than having competed against those guys. I don't think he he uh, he'll check his ego at the door. I think all of this is uh, challenging. I mean, I think he's gone through a lot with the trade, and you heard all the conversations about it. But uh, he'll be in a ideal situation there i don't i don't think he'll ever give a damn about whether he starts where the whether he doesn't i think for him he just wants to be healthy at the right time and going there i mean shit and the in the, the warriors too they have talent coming off the bench in that second unit but like kaminga some of those other guys uh airpods i'm just gonna give it to you rob like they like to be able to organize that second unit like is hugely advantageous He's one of you, those guys that you want to have for young guys. Exactly. I think, right. I think yeah. like OKC guys, their young guys benefited from his leadership of being there. And I think, you know, and obviously I'm not questioning the leadership of Steph Curry, any team Steph carries on, but I think that second unit, him being a part of it with some of these young guys is invaluable. Mm -hmm. We have big, the 20th pick. Big, it big. is in. It is in. Uh, I, in our mock draft show, I said – that the Houston Rockets were going to take Cam Whitmore at number four. And I was correct. The Houston Rockets selected Cam Whitmore. It wasn't at number four. It was at number 20. His slide is over. He is off the board. I'm relieved for the kid. I'm happy for him. I and fit. I don't see. I don't hate it. Right. Well, maybe, maybe for him. I, I don't love it for him. I don't hate that. This is where the Rockets ended up taking him. Right. Because I think that you're putting him in a situation where you're going to get minutes early on. You're going to get a chance to play, right? And you're taking a swing for upside. Where's, like he, going, you got, where's he going to play? Where's he going to play? Is he going to come off the got, bench? Are you talking about for him or for the Rockets? For him. For, for the Rockets. Like, where's he going to play at for him? You like, know, I don't like to fit, T.O., like you said, but I'll say this. I think they're trying to change the culture or the perception of what the culture is right now in Houston. You know, when, when so many guys left and John Wall and so many other guys left, there was a lot. There was, like I said, there was a stench coming out of Houston about the, the, the locker room and these guys. I mean, what you know, with Salas the disrespect. See, uh, RC, RC, just to be clear, the reason there was the stench coming out of Houston is because me and my fellow UConn fans spent six days down there. Oh okay? my! That's God. why there was a stench coming Trust out. Trust me, because I was there. I we lit that place up. Okay, yeah. I had to deal with y'all because you left me sitting at the bar with them all night, so I had to fight. I had to fight myself. <laughs> those guys were great. Hey, those we, guys were. We great. didn't leave. They were awesome. RC, we didn't leave you there. You left us to go argue with them. <laughs>
<laughs> to be clear. Um, no, but I'm sorry. Finish your point on Houston. No, I, I think it's a guy like him. We know he's going to bring his hard hat, some toughness there. Uh, I think this is just about collecting some talent, some tough guys, see, see what sticks, see who wants to be a part of changing the culture there. And if those young guys and Green and Porter and these other guys, you know, figure out who wants to be a part of this Jabari, I mean, you got to make some decisions and collect some of these young guys. And, and so I, I, I'm not disappointed with the pick because he's going to come in there, defend, compete. And that's what you're looking for when you got to, when you're collecting bodies right now, you're collecting guys, you're trying to figure who's going to make it, who's going to buy in, who's not show them the door. Here's, here's what I'll say about it. Right. The reason why I really like it for Houston is that you, you won 22 games last year. You suck. You are a bad organization. You are a bad basketball team. You're not good. You're not good. You are bad. Okay. And what you need to be able to go from being not good to good are fucking dudes. That's what you need. You don't need to try to hit singles. You need to try to hit home runs, right? You need to go out and get guys who are going to be all-star caliber players. And I think what they got out of this year's draft are two of the five, four or five most likely guys to end up being all-stars, right? Yeah. You didn't get Wemby, but I don't think there's that much of a difference between Brandon Miller and Cam Whitmore, aside from all the medical stuff, which is um, you know, there's gonna people are always gonna have concerns about that if it doesn't if you don't test well. Uh, what, but what, what were his medical concerns? I don't even are you, know. Are you privy to say? I don't. I don't. I don't. I don't have it well enough that I want to say it. Um, okay. While we're on the on the stream, but um, I do. I. You're trying to hit home runs, man, and I, and you got a guy you, who's you, and they could. Yeah. It, the medical stuff will be well, a what you we'll need him for. I think you did. Your home run better be Brandon Miller. I mean, the second pick of the draft. I mean, that's that's your that's your. You know, I mean, not Brandon right Miller, but I mean that that that's not the. You don't have to have the pressure with a guy like this with Cam. I mean, Cam coming in, it, it, it makes it just so much easier. I think it, it it's being said drafted this late, no pressure. Yeah, they are. Yeah, I'm Thompson. I'm in Thompson. I'm thinking I'm in, but I said uh, uh, Cam. But I mean, Cam now going there, it fits. They're, they're trying to change. They got size. They got toughness. I, I like. I mean, I'm a huge fan of the kid. I think he's going to come up with a chip on his shoulder. He slipped in the draft. I mean, twenty's nothing to be disappointed about. Um, and good. And he's going to be able to play. Yeah, that's the thing. Like he's going to get minutes right away. And he's and my take on him, Tio, you want to know why I'm so high on Cam Whitmore is that I think that he has the physical tools to one day be able to be capable of playing small ball five in the NBA, right? I think there's going to be times when you can use him in those lineups. I think he is someone that can legitimately, you could you could have him put the, put that versatile tag on him. He could be a guy that can guard two through four in an ideal world. I think there are times you could use him as a small ball five. I think that the shooting will come around. I'm, I'm, I'm buying the shooting long-term with him. I am. And I think that he, the, the I think he's going to end up being a guy that can be a go-to score yeah, at, an incredible athlete, athlete too. Yeah. And a terrific athlete. And I think he's – the best thing about freshmen is they become sophomores, right? And he is a guy that has not even turned 19 years old yet. So I just – I think baby. the upside is incredible. Obviously, this question is about the the health stuff, but I I, I just I'm, – I'm all in on Cam Whitmore. I think he's going to be a fantastic player in the NBA. And the, the fact that, it, that it's health stuff tells me it's something lower body. 
has something to do with his wheels. Like, is it his knees? Is it his hips? Is it his ankles? I like that would be my biggest question. Like, is it a long term situation or is it the way the guy plays? Like, this this is a big time athlete. This is a lot of guy. This is like the fact that they got him on twenty. This is a home run, no pressure pick uh, for for Houston. And quite frankly, you know, I I probably sh- shouldn't say this, but like, I, I'm not a fan of Porter. I think he does more damage than he does good. And now that you have him and Jalen Green together, I'm in Thompson's kind of this guy who could facilitate. I, I really like those guys together along with Jabari Smith, who they picked last year. There's a, there's a lot to like in Houston, but kind of along the lines of what Randolph and uh, John, our dearly departed, John Henson said earlier, like they need a veteran in that locker room to help these guys. Mm-hmm. Got to get one. You got to get a veteran presence. Yeah, yep. it's the the contrast between Cam Whitmore's interview right now and the look on his face. Like Cam looks like somebody just ran over his dog, whereas Jaime Hawkins was on there like he was having the best night of his life. Like I, yeah, you have you have two choices here, right, RC? If you're Cam Whitmore, you can let this be the thing that defines you, or you can use this to be the thing that motivates you, right? But they also said that's somewhat part of his personality. You know, uh, I think there's some disappointment here, but just I, I think, you know, something it's just a relief thing with him as well. I mean, I think pretty pretty sure it's just a level of relief. And and again, the way he played and the coming out of that program and the, and, and the toughness and everything else he shows, he's going to be in an ideal situation for him to come in there. If he comes in there and compete, he'll take some minutes away mm-hmm. because because they're not talented enough. As bad as they were, you come in there and compete, there's minutes for you. Yep. All right. So let's uh let's reset the draft here. Oh, um, newly paid, newly paid Dan Hurley on television. Yeah, he is. I got it. Look, cha-ching, you know, cha-ching. We gotta we gotta have a conversation with Andrea. He just he just won, he just got a $31.5 million contract extension, and he looks like he's wearing a suit that's uh off the rack from men's warehouse. I don't know how they do it just because they're operating in a deficit, Rob. Like, I don't know. <laughs> look, Rob. Hey, so so listen to this, RC. Even it's even more of a. Can I reset the draft and then you can you can go on your. Yeah, own you uh, go ahead. Yeah. Go, you know what? Go ahead. I'm out. I'm out. Hey, so so he's like, Rob's like, hey, yeah, they're they're probably going to the Big Twelve. Uh, they need the money. They're broke. And next thing you know, like the following week, Dan Hurley gets an extra thirty two million in his bank account. I wonder what the first thing Andrea Hurley is going to buy is. Hey, Rob must have wrote a check. Rob probably wrote a check for it. He was the big. He's the big UConn. Uh, uh, I was. Booster. I was the. Donor. Rob wrote the check. Rob wrote the check. Is that what you said? Yeah, Rob wrote the check. No, you know what it was. He better I be was, splitting uh, up. I was. I was texting with their the athletic director, um, David Benedict. You know how they had two dollar beer night um, when Providence came to town last year, the home game. Well, what they did was they just bumped that up to four dollar beer night, and that covered up about seventy five percent of uh, <laughs> the early salary. <laughs> is in the air at Littleton Coin Company and we want to help you brighten your collection. 
Visit us at littletoncoin.com all month long to enjoy 15% off your purchase. With a wide selection of coins, paper money, supplies, and more, Littleton Coin Company has something for every collector's taste. Use promo code SPRING at littletoncoin.com for 15% off your purchase all month long. Restrictions apply. Littleton Coin Company. Serving collectors since 1945.